happy Sabbath to all of you lovely faces who are here in person. Those of you, it's so good to see your smiling faces, some I haven't seen in a while, but it's always good. The good thing is, is none of you have aged. Nobody's changed. Everybody looks the same. God has kept you all looking good. Amen. For those of you who are listening and watching us online, we want to welcome you and happy Sabbath from D-O-Z, where loveliness keeps house under the direction of Pastor Newton. Uh, we pray and, and we trust that you had a wonderful Thanksgiving uh, with family and friends. Some of you are visiting from out of town, and, and we pray that God will keep you safe and that when you go back home, that he will send angels to be with you. We trust in his protection because he says he will never leave you nor forsake you. So there are a few things that we would like for you to do. If you're watching us online, um, if you're watching us through our website at dozsda.com or you're watching us on Facebook or on YouTube, we would love for you to like us. We would love for you to share with others, and we would love for you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Amen? We also would like for you to, if you are not a part of our text messaging service, we implore you to please join us by uh, texting or typing the words ADD to 561-468-3873 because few days our old text messaging system is going to stop we're going to stop with uh, sending text messages through the old system we have an updated system that is much better and so uh, to become part of our our uh, online family we would like for you to uh, text the words ADD again to 561-468-3873 and join our online worship family and there you will receive updated text messages from the church, as well as you will receive um, invitations to many of our activities. For example, our uh, evening pastor's roundtable, our Bible studies, and also our ambassador's youth program, which has some very dynamic programs on Sabbath evenings for our young people. So in order to be able to receive that information, you need to join our online worship family. Um, also, for those of you who desire to receive free COVID testing, you can go to the Lantana Health Department. And uh, the address for the Lantana Health Department is 1250 Southwinds Drive in Lantana, Florida. And they are open from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. And you can go there and receive a free COVID testing. You don't have to make an appointment. You can actually just show up. And of course, uh, we also would like to warn any of you who, especially during this holiday season, have received text messages from someone asking for assistance, claiming to be an Adventist minister. There is someone who is sending out text messages to our family and friends, posing to be a Seventh-day Adventist minister, asking for uh, financial assistance. That is a scam. Do not send money online to anyone you don't know. Amen? There are ways in which you can give uh, to the church, but uh, for the pastors in the church are not asking people for money via phone. So if you receive that text message, please, please ignore it. And also, just uh, we would like to discuss with you some of the house rules because we have quite a few people here today. DOZ is back. 
with uh, open service, in-house, in-person services. And so we would just like to remind you that for those of you who would like to come and worship with us in person, um, we do cap the numbers. So we we, we won't have any more than 100 people in the house. But if you would like to come and worship in person, you have to register online. You can go to the church website at dozsda.com to register. Or if you join our text messaging system, you, you will receive every Friday, you will receive an invitation to register to come and worship in person. Now, when you do come in person, do understand, bear with us. We have a check-in process. So we do have uh, healthcare workers working at the front door. Your temperature will be checked, and they will check you in uh, where you can come in and, and you can feel safe. Now, understand, it's safer to worship here. It's safer to be here in God's house than it is at Publix or Walmart. Amen? We have ultraviolet uh, we have ultraviolet systems in the AC ducts to sanitize the air. We have multiple hand sanitizing stations throughout the building. And also we ask you to maintain a six-foot distance when you're standing in line and also sitting in the pews. Now, we do make exception for that if you are family. If you're related, we do allow family members to sit together. But when you come, you'll see that every other row is roped off so that you don't have people sitting in every single pew. So it is safe to be here. And we want you to come. For those of you who have been waiting to come into the house of God, it is officially open. And we invite you to come and worship with us. Now, I will say this. Um, you, we do not, if, when you do come, uh, after you're checked in, you can either go to the restroom and wash up or you can come right into the sanctuary and have a seat. But do not congregate in any of the other adjunct rooms and do not congregate in the lobby. So when you do come in, um, you come right into the sanctuary and have a seat. And we would like for you to be loving. Daughter Zion is a family church. We're a loving church. So we're not asking you when you're screened, we don't ask you whether or not you are vaccinated. That's between you and God. But if you know someone who's not vaccinated, if you, have, if you know a friend or a family member who's not vaccinated, don't chastise them. Don't rebuke them. If you know of someone who's personally not vaccinated, they can come here and worship just like you are if you're vaccinated. Now, um, there are people out there who don't want you to vote because of the color of your skin. There are people who don't like the way you look. And you would want to be accepted and loved by them. So we ask that you would extend the same courtesy to our unvaccinated brothers and sisters. And so um, we would uh, like, we want to apologize as the old saying goes, please excuse our dust. We have some uh, construction work that is taking place right now. And at this time, I'm going to ask Sister Webster if she would come forward. Sister Webster is the chairperson of our finance committee. And she has a special uh, announcement that she would like to make. And as she's coming, um, I would just encourage you to help contribute to the cause for restoring God's house. You know, in the Old Testament, money was collected to repair the breaches in the house of God. And so right now, there are a few things that we are doing uh, to make the worship experience here in God's house a little more pleasant and a little more aesthetically pleasing. So we do have construction work going on. So if you see something, if you see uh, some pews that are out of place or moved or you see a little construction dust, um, you know, please excuse our dust. And so now we're going to have Sister Webster uh, give us a few, uh, a few encouraging words.
Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord. We all have a reason to praise the Lord. Amen. I said I wasn't going to cry today, but I know I'm going to cry today because I'm so happy. I'm so happy to be with all of you all today on this beautiful Sabbath day. And not only that, it's because last year this time, I didn't know if I would be back with you all. I had COVID and I was in the hospital all doing Thanksgiving. Joe brought me some food and when I got out of the hospital, it was still there. I went to the hospital and I wouldn't stay. I have to testify, Pastor, because God has been so good to me. And I wouldn't stay, and I came back home. The next day, which was the Sabbath, they picked me up. I didn't know where I was. My grandchildren, thank God for your grandchildren. They picked me up, put me in the car and took me back down to Bethesda. I didn't know my name. I had a temperature over 102, and my baby boy stood there. He said he didn't know if he'll ever see his mama again. Because you know when they take you, they, they have to leave you. And he had to leave me. And I didn't know my name, where I was, or nothing. So. I got a reason to praise the Lord this morning. I'm here. God saved me. Some people he didn't save. But he saved me. You all didn't know I was in there. But I was in there. And somebody called me and I said I got COVID. And they hung that phone up so quick. I was in the hospital, but I said, I got COVID. And I, you know what? I wasn't ashamed to tell it. I wanted all the prayers I can get. Some people have it and don't want nobody to know. But I want everybody to know when I'm up there. And they prayed, and they prayed, and they prayed me. My son, Mark, was calling every pastor he knowed ever pastor. Baptist, Adventist, whoever, pray for my mama. Pray for my mama, because I didn't know nothing. But I had to tell that, because God is good to me. So when you see me jump up, Jimmy, don't worry about me when you play the music, Angel. I'm, I'm praising God, because I'm going to jump up in daughter of Zion. I'm letting you know that I'm going to jump. Every time the choir sings, I'm going to jump. So get used to it, family. Now let's get to business. Let's get to business now. Okay. We've been coming in our church. Lord knows I love Daughter Zion. I love everybody in here. You all know I love Daughter Zion. And this cop has been here 41 years. We got to do better, family. And you know I'm the one to say it just like it is. I stand to be corrected, Angel. Sometimes I'm not always right. But that's how it is, Ella Peterkin. Now, family, we met 
we met, the committee met. We worked along with Ella Peterkin, the building chairperson. I'm the finance secretary and over this. And now we're asking those who are online and those who are here. We've always come through, and I know we're going to come through again. So now we're asking every able-bodied person, husband and wife, children, we're asking you, please sacrifice. It's only $100. I know we're in a pandemic, but if you work with us and we always pull through, we grumbled, but we got that money everybody gave. When we built this church, we paid it off in eight years. Other people couldn't do it. Even the little kids. LaJari, y'all was little. And Brittany, y'all was giving. We was having our fundraisers and everything. And we want even the little kids to bring a dollar or 50 cents. But we asking everybody to sacrifice that $100. We want to get this carpet up. Put some new on here. We want to do some new windows. We got the air condition going. We're going to finish these pews here. We're, going, we're doing a lot of stuff, and we can do it. We only had 200 people in 88. Now we got over 400. So those of you who are online, please sacrifice. When the pandemic is over, we'll put you in groups. But right now, we cannot put you in groups because of the pandemic. So we are asking you to sacrifice, to give. If you can't give 100, hold up, I got to say this. Give 20. Give 10. But give it every week if that's what you're going to give. If you can only give 20, 5, 5, 5, 5. That's 20. Four weeks. If you can give the hundred and sacrifice like me, sacrifice the hundred. Now, don't take it away from your tithes and offering now. Don't do that. I'm sorry, Pastor, I took up your time. But I'm dangerous on the microphone, you know that. But it is what it is. No, if you can only give 20, give 20. If you can give 50, Give 50. We want 100. But if you can't give that, give consistently because we have a job to do. And God wants our house to be the best. Next time I'll stay longer. Thank you. Good morning and happy Sabbath. And thank you so much, Sister Webster, for the information. Of course, that is $100 per month. We know that God is in the blessing business. Amen. Hey, hey, uh, you, you sounded weak out there. We know that God is in the blessing business. Amen. God continually blesses us all the time. Even, even in the midst of a pandemic, we're able to come and worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And it's just, it feels so good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen, somebody. It feels so good. So what we'd like for you to do is to just reach out to all of those that you don't see here uh, because the attendance now is 150. So for all of those that you don't see, just let them know that you are in a very safe environment. Uh, when you came through the door, Dr. Shelley Newton was out there along with Sissy Lane Coleman making sure that everything was done properly along with others. And so you're in a safe place. Whenever you come into God's house, you're in a safe place anyway. Amen. Amen. So at this time, we know that you have so much to be thankful for. 
And so we're going to give you this opportunity at this, <clears throat> this time to show just how thankful you are as we come together to lift today's tithes and offering. And so at this time, we want you to know that there's many ways in by which you can do that. Uh, what you, could also, you can bring your tithes and offerings to the church. And when you come to the church, there are deacons that are posted that will take that for you. Uh, if you are uh, someone who's still not comfortable coming inside, uh, you can just come by uh, to the driveway area. And one of the deacons will take your tithe and offerings. They will place it in the proper bucket. Uh, you can also do so online. Uh, the information is on, on the screen there. There's many ways to give. Uh, Adventist giving. Uh, we know that a lot of people walk around now with uh, smartphones. And you have all kind of apps on your phone. We're asking that you download the Adventist giving app on your phone. And that way you can do so electronically as well. Because we know that God has truly blessed us. And we want to be a blessing to others. Because that's why God blesses you so that you can turn around and be a blessing to others. Again, we're going to ask at this time that you just take a moment. If you have not done already, you could do so online. You could also do by way of the U.S. Postal Service. You can also do so uh, by check and order, by just giving it to the deacons. And so we thank you so much for all that God has done for you and what you're doing uh, for the ministry of God. May God continue to bless you as we worship him today in spirit and in truth. May God bless you. Amen. So we have given you that opportunity. So at this point in time, we're going to now and we invite all of those online to join with us as we pray over the tithe and offerings. Father God, we are so grateful and thankful to you that you're still such a kind and merciful and giving God. Even in the midst of all that we're going through in this tumultuous time that we live in, a society where we see insensitivity toward other men. But Lord, we know that you're still a God that is able, a God that blesses. And we thank you for the blessings that you've given to us, that we may be able to come back and give into the storehouse uh, so that all of the things that we bring to thee, the tithes, the gifts, the offering, uh, may go to help further the cause and to build your kingdom. We pray, Father God, that you would continue to bless us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Happy Sabbath, everyone. Come on, y'all can do better than that. Happy Sabbath, everyone. Happy Sabbath. Sabbath. God is good, amen? Amen, amen. amen Are we amen. happy to be back in the house of the Lord? Amen. amen. Are amen. we? If you are, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. I just want to say something about this. The Bible says that in Isaiah 60, verse 1, starting with verse 1, it says, Arise. Shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the people, but the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look about you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons from afar and your daughters are carried on the hip. Then you will look and be radiant in your heart, or your heart will throb and swell with joy. So although we have darkness that has come upon the land, the Lord has allowed his light to shine upon us. And I like the message version, and it says, get out of bed, Jerusalem. Wake up. Put your face in the sunlight. God's bright glory has risen for you. The whole earth is wrapped in darkness. 
all people sunk in deep darkness, but God rises on you. His sunrise glory breaks over you. Nations will come to your light. Kings to your sunburst brightness. Look up. Look around, it says. Watch as they gather and watch as they approach you. For your sons are coming from great distances. Your daughters carried by their nannies. And when you see the coming, you'll smile. Big smiles. We all should have huge and glorious smiles on our faces. I know the masks are there, but God has brought us a mighty long way. And there are some who did not get to where we are today. And I'm just thankful. If you're thankful, throw your hands up and say, thank you, Jesus, for allowing us to see today. All right? We're going to praise the Lord together. Let the glory of the Lord rise among us. Let the glory of the Lord rise among us. Let the praises of our King rise among us. Oh, let it rise. Let the songs of the Lord rise among us. Let the songs of the Lord rise among us. Let the joy of our King rise among us. Oh, let it rise.
understand that even during these times there comes a point in time where you know we may not be able to talk to the pastor we may not be able to talk to that prayer prayer warrior that we could call on to pray for us sometimes we have to look within ourselves and ask God to give us the strength to look in that mirror and say Lord I gotta encourage me to push it through and make it through another day I've had to do a lot of that last Paul parts of last year especially this year I'm thankful to God for encouraging me and for this praying church family that we have thank you for your prayers but let's not ever forget that sometimes you got to fall on your own knees and ask God to pull you through some things mama may not be able to do it and mama may not even be here anymore for some of us but God is constant and I'm so thankful for that Amen. Amen.
speak the word and you will be healed. So speak over yourself and encourage yourself in the Lord.
and encourage yourself in the light. Oh, 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 oh. Definitely want to thank Praise Team and our band and Speaking Hands for bringing seasoning to our worship service today. Amen, amen. With singing like that, you really don't need a sermon. Uh, but we are going to see what the Lord has for us today. I am going to ask church family that you, you pray for me today. I am, I am so nervous today. Uh, this, I feel like this is my, my first sermon. I'm, uh, and so I want to look at the book of Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, and we're going to look at verses 37 to 38. Looking out into the audience, it's good to see some of my former members. Sister Patrice Holmes, good to see you. Amen, amen. Is your daughter Ava here? Okay, amen. All right. She's here. What about LJ? Is he here? No, he's not here away at school. And then, of course, Sister Lisa Lawrence uh, with her two children. Kai and Layla. Kai is actually going to be baptized after this message today. Amen. 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 Oh, okay. We have another as well. All right. Amen. 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 And so praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And of course, their parents are here. Brother and Sister Clark, so good to have you with us today. Um, but we are looking at Mark chapter Four, verse 37 to 38 and the word of God reads and there arose a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full and he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow they awake him and say unto him master caris thou not that we perish. I want to speak for a short while on the subject I've entitled, Does Jesus Care? Does Jesus Care? So good to see 
Elder Jones as well. But let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, this is your moment. This is your time. Father, I, I need help. I need strength today. Give me the strength to be able to speak this word. And let someone be blessed by it. And I'll be careful to give you all the glory, the praise, and the honor. This we pray. Amen. Amen. True story is told on December the 17th, 1927, that a submarine sank off the coast of Massachusetts and the entire crew was trapped in this submarine. Every effort was made to rescue these sailors, but every effort failed. And now, what the authorities did, they would send deep sea divers to check on this submarine. And when they swam next to this submarine that had been submerged, they heard a tapping. And after much discovery, what they realized is that these sailors who were trapped in this submarine were signaling through Morse code a four-word question. And that was, is there any hope? Sad reality today, this is a question that many of us are asking, is there any hope? Uh, that single parent who is struggling just to make ends meet is asking, is there any hope? Uh, that person who has lost a loved one they are asking, is there any hope? This is a question, if I'm honest with you today, that I struggled with for three years. And, and, and this is a fight that I've been going through. And Andre, you can put the picture on the screen. This is a picture that was taken not too long ago that after nine hours of surgery, I was in the hospital. Surgery was only supposed to be six hours, but there were complications. And the short of it all is that in 2019, I was diagnosed with cancer. 2019, they discovered multiple tumors and growths in my body. They found cancer in my colon, in my lymph nodes a growth on my liver, my lung, my kidney, my thyroid. And this is a question that I cried out to God, is there any hope? And, and it's interesting that, that when you've been given the diagnosis of cancer, things change. Before I was thinking about how uh, my wife and I could pay off our mortgage early. Uh, before that, I was thinking about how we could pay for our children's uh, college education. But when you've been given the diagnosis of cancer, now you begin to think questions like, am I going to be able to see LJ graduate from high school? I started to think to myself, am I going to be able to, to walk my, my daughters down the aisle and give them away in marriage? And when I, 
I think about my ordeal, this struggle that I've been going through for, for three years, and I do want to thank Lene, one of our members here at the Daughter of Zion Church, and Sister Duna Williams, they are nurses in the oncology section of the hospital that I was being treated at. They knew my story, but they kept it confidential, and I want to thank those ladies for that. But, but I'm reminded, I'm reminded of Mark chapter 4, and, and it's a familiar story that, that here it was, these 12 trusted men were commanded to go to the other side. And now, as these disciples are in this boat, uh, we, we know the Bible tells us that a storm hits their ship. Uh, the sky is black and rain begins to fall uncontrollably. Uh, the waves begin to rock the boat from side to side. And it was so bad that these disciples asked a very pivotal question. It's a question that I ask God. And it's a question that when you go through your go through, when there seems to be no hope, sometimes in your vulnerable seasons of life, you ask God the question, Master, carest thou not that we perish? This is a question that you have to have an answer for when you go through the storms of life. When life is unfair, when, when bitterness kisses you when you cry, when God is answering everybody else's prayers except for yours, sometimes you cry out to God, do you even care? Are you even listening? But I like this story, Mark chapter 4, because in this story of Mark chapter 4, we see four things, and I'm not going to hold you long today, four things in this story. Number one, what you have to understand is that some storms are unavoidable. Here it was, these disciples were followers of Jesus. Uh, when you read the story and you read the book, Desire of Ages, you would discover uh, that, that after Jesus fed the 5,000, uh, the, the masses wanted to crown Jesus king. Uh, the disciples wanted to stay with these people and, and they wanted to elevate Jesus. But Jesus says, no, this is not how the story is to play out. He commands them to, to get on a boat, to go to the other side. They didn't want to get in the boat. They didn't want to go to the other side. They were just simply being obedient to God. And now, as they're being faithful and obedient to God, they find themselves in a storm. Brothers and sisters, what you have to understand, I don't care how much you pray. I don't care uh, how, how much you plan. I don't care how much money you save in the bank. There's some storms you can't avoid. Uh, you can send your children to the Adventist schools. Uh, you can uh, go to all of the marriage counseling that you want to. But said there are some storms you can't run from. Here it was. I've been a vegetarian for 20 plus years. Adventist preacher. Never would drink. Never slept around. But yet I found myself in this storm. And I realized that there's just some storms you can't run from. The problem is 
when I go down the history of my family, my great-grandmother, she died of cancer. My grandfather, Adventist preacher, his name is on the bell tower up at Oakwood. He died of cancer. My mother, who's a vegan, she has cancer. My father, he had cancer. My uncle on my mother's side had cancer. And there's just some storms you can't avoid. So what they told me, they told me, Mr. Newton, it's not looking good and normally we would operate immediately but because one of the key tumors in your body is in a strategic place it's in a sensitive spot if we operate we only got one chance to get it and what we have to do we've got to shrink it before we operate or 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 it could get even worse and and so they said we're not going to operate we're going to let you go through chemo we're going to let you go through radiation and hopefully it can shrink and i don't know which one is worse radiation or chemo because they were all bad and 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 the problem with it all is that I experienced nausea, I, I vomited, I, 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 my hands and palms started to turn black, my fingernails started to turn black, I was losing weight, and it was funny because there were, it's not really funny, but there were members who were saying, Pastor, you're losing weight, you look good. And I wasn't feeling good. They, 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 they told me, with the blood work that we're doing, we... We discovered that, that, that not only do you, you have cancer, but, but you have a condition called benign neutropenia. In other words, you suffer from low white blood cells. And so uh, that's not a problem when you don't have cancer. But when you have cancer and you, you go through chemo, that's a devastating thing because uh, with the chemo, it's going to kill the cancer cells and it's going to kill the white blood cells. And, and what happened, what happened, they told me, they said, Mr. Newton, while cancer is important, we've got to deal with it. The worst part of it right now is that we're not even worried about the cancer. When you're going through the treatment, your white blood cells are so low, you could die from the flu. Uh, they said, Pastor Newton, Miss Newton, you, you can't go around crowds. You're not supposed to go to church. Uh, Mr. Newton, you can't go out to eat. You can't uh, uh, eat uh, vegetables and fruits without washing it uh, because any slight thing could kill you. A common cold can kill you. You have to be careful. And it was interesting because Sister Williams, this is before the pandemic, she would always see me after chemo and she would say, Pastor, what are you doing here? You should not be preaching you shouldn't even be around church members. You need to have a mask on. You need to be more careful. This was my situation. And what you have to understand, brothers and sisters, sometimes you don't get to choose your storm. But God chooses you for the storm. And it's very interesting when we look at that story of Job. The devil never brought up Job's name. Uh, the devil came to glory and, and he was there and, and, and it was God who brought up Job's name. It was God who said, have you considered my servant Job? 
And sometimes the storms that we go through, again, you don't get to choose them. Uh, They just come on you and they're unavoidable. But the second thing that we see in this story is that sometimes when you go through the storm, God is silent. We know the story. Here it is that these disciples are obedient. They're in this storm. They did not choose to be there. And now, uh, I love the book Desire of Ages, the chapter Peace Be Still. They're wrestling with this storm. And as they're wrestling with this storm, they're trying to survive. And finally, I love how she puts it, uh, that they remembered at whose command they set forth out on. They remembered it was Jesus who caused them to be in this storm. And and, and because the sky was black and because it was nighttime, they began to call out for Jesus. But because the storm was raging, their cries went unanswered. And sometimes when you go through the storm, it appears that God is silent. Let's go back and look at the story of Job. Here it was, Job lost everything. He lost his children. He lost his possessions. He lost his servants. He lost his wealth. And and the, the thing that I admire about Job is that Job still had the courage and the faith to say, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. But But when Job started to lose his faith and it got a little bit shaky, It's very interesting. Look and study during your moments of solitude, Job chapter 23 and verse 3. And I like it. I love what what Job says. He says, if only I knew where to find him. If only I knew where God was. If only God would talk to me in the midst of my storm. And sometimes where the storm gets unbearable is when you cry out to Jesus and he can't hear you. It appears to you that he's silent and, 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 and what's hard, what is difficult is that here it is, many of us, we believe in God. We know that God has the power to still our storms. We know that God has the power to heal our family member. Uh, we know that God has the power to put our family back together again. But what hurts is when God chooses not to. You know what's interesting about this story of Job? If I could go in between these stories, here it is. If you look and study the whole book of Job, 42 chapters, nowhere in this narrative does God ever explain himself. Now, it would, it would be something, it would be something if, if, if God would have had a, a meeting with Job and would have explained to him, I'm going to take this, you're going to go through this, this is the purpose, and if he would have explained himself, then Job may have had even more strength to go through what he went through. Uh, but nowhere through the whole ordeal, not even after God finally answers Job, does he explain himself to Job. Brothers and sisters, while it's difficult to understand, is that in these these moments where it appears that God is silent, sometimes the enemy will come to us and get us to cry out that plea, Master, carest thou not that we perish? 
But this is where the story turns. Bear with me. Number three, what we see in this story is that when you go through the storms of life, you've got to fight. When you go through the storms of life, you've got to fight. And and this is what I admire about the disciples. And and we can say that they didn't have faith. We can uh, say this and that about them. But when the storm hit them, uh, they went back to their fishermen instincts. Uh, When uh, life became unbearable, they began to fight with the storm. Uh, They bailed the water out of the boat. Uh, They tried to row hard. They tried to navigate through the storm. And what you have to understand, when you go through the storm, that's not the time for you to give up. Uh, That's not the time for you to feel sorry for yourself. But you've got to fight. So I was given this diagnosis, and, and again, they said that I only... They only had one chance to get this, this tumor. And, and, and they started me on chemo. And again, it was, it was horrible. It was terrible. I was vomiting. I was nauseous. And, and, and what they told me is, Mr. Newton, because of the type of cancer you have and because of what you're going through, yes, chemo, radiation, but when you have surgery, your life is never going to be the same. They said that 75% of the people who have this surgery, their life is never the same. Some people aren't able to work anymore. Uh, They said uh, that, that, that if the treatment works, yes, your life will never be the same, but at least you'll be alive. And so I remember struggling with this diagnosis, and I'm not going to lie to you, I, I struggled and I prayed and I cried and I did not understand why. And I remember one particular Sabbath before the pandemic, right before it, I was so messed up from taking chemo and my wife went to church and I was home alone and and because I was vomiting the night before, it was just, it was terrible. It was terrible. I, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I quit. I said to myself, this is the last dose of chemo I'm going to ever take. I said to myself, why even go through with the surgery? My life will never be the same. I quit. And as tears wanted to come what was very strange what was very strange is maybe because I was crying or vomiting the night before maybe because I was dehydrated but 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 I I I was I was crying out in agony and I started to plan out my funeral and I I started to think about how I could rearrange the money and and try to make sure that my family could be okay and 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 I started to think to myself how I would never see my children graduate and and as as I was trying to cry. What I realized is that no tears could come. Maybe because I was dehydrated, my eyes started to burn and, and, and I was in so much pain. And, and as I was in so much pain and agony, mental anguish and physical pain, the Lord came to me and he said something that I will always remember. 
He says it hurts more to feel sorry for yourself. It hurts more to stay in your season of depression than it does to fight. And hear me out and hear me clearly because what I understand is that pain is pain. And, and my pain may be different from your pain, but, but we're all hurting. And, and, and this is not something I read in a book. This is not some theory, but, but I know that, that it hurts more to feel sorry for yourself than it does to fight. And so that, that day I determined in my heart that I was going to fight. And so... I went through with all of the doses of chemo and, and, and just to make it to church, just to make it to church, what I would have to do every Friday, I would have to, after having chemo, I'd have to have an IV and, and I don't know what they put in that IV, but it gave me enough strength to be in church on Sabbath. Uh, there were some Sabbaths where, where you didn't know it, but I had to hold on to the podium because I felt like I was going to pass out. Uh, you don't know it, but, but I remember there was one week that I thought I was going to die. I was raced to the hospital, and, and I thought I was going to die, but they discharged me that Friday, and I was still in church on Sabbath. You don't know it, but, but, but just a few months ago, I had major surgery. I was in the hospital for, for over a week. I was discharged on Tuesday, and I was still in church on Sabbath. determined in my mind that I was going to do whatever it took to get through this storm. So I hate garlic, but every day, praise God for the mass, you don't have to smell my breath, but every day I eat a number of cloves of raw garlic. I hate lemon juice, but Every day I squeeze lemons and drink the lemon juice. I hate drinking vegetable juice and, and juiced vegetables, but every day I try to drink that. Every day I try to exercise for over an hour and a half because I have to do whatever it takes to live. My children are depending on me. My wife is depending on me. My happiness is depending that I fight. And I don't know who I'm talking to today, but you better fight. I know you're going through the storm. I know it's not easy, but it hurts more to feel sorry for yourself than it does to fight. Brothers and sisters, Worst thing that we could do when we go through the storm is to give up on God because sometimes what some of us do when we go through the storms of life, the first person we want to quit on is God. For some of us, when we go through our go through, when life is not easy, we want to stop serving the Lord in church. Uh, when things aren't going the way we want it to go, we stop reading our Bible and praying like we should. But you don't quit on God. I mean, when you go through the storm and when that tragedy happened, did you quit your job immediately? 
Uh, when you are going through the storm, do you quit your children? But when you go through the storm, you've got to hold on to Jesus. And you've got to fight. But finally, number four, what you have to understand, when you go through the storm, you've got to focus on the who. What do I mean by that? You've got to focus on the who. So often when we go through the storm, we focus on the why we're going through the storm. Why did God allow this to happen? Why is this tragedy in my life? But when you go through the storm, you've got to focus in on the who. Thank you. Which is Jesus. See, see, I love this story found in Mark chapter 4 because here it is. These disciples were in a storm. They were fighting for their life. And, and the pen of inspiration says that they were crying out to Jesus. And, and because uh, it was so dark, they did not know where Jesus was on the boat. But finally, when lightning hit the dark covered skies, they saw that Jesus was on the hinder part of the boat. And when they took their eyes off of the storm and put it on Jesus, that's when things changed. Brothers and sisters, the worst thing that you could do is focus on the why. Focus on your storm. You've got to focus in on Jesus. Story is actually told. Story is told of a young boy who one day was sitting at the dining room table. He was drawing. And he had all of his crayons there drawing this five-year-old boy. And as he was drawing, all in his own world, his father came up behind him and he said, son, what are you drawing? And the young boy, without taking his gaze off of this picture, he said, daddy, I'm drawing a picture of God. The father began to laugh and he said, son, how can you draw a picture of God because nobody's ever seen God before. The boy, without taking his gaze off of this picture, this boy says, they will after they see my picture. <laughs> see, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to miss the point, is that you paint a picture of who God really is to you when you go through the storm. And see, if you say that God is a God who has all power, if you believe that God is a God who cares, if you believe that God is a God who will work everything out for your good, then it doesn't matter what happens to you because you know that you know that you know that you're in God's hands. And, 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 and what you have to understand is that your true Christianity comes out in the storm. And, and let, me, let me use this analogy if I can. Let me use this analogy. If you were to take a grape and you were to squeeze it, grape juice would come out. If you were to take an orange and you were to squeeze it, orange juice would come out. And when the storms of life squeeze you, what comes out? Is it distrust, worry, anxiety, anger, or is it faith and trust in God? See, see, when you go through the storms, the only thing that can get you through is your faith. 
understand, don't get me wrong, because I don't want to, 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 to fool anybody because having a strong faith in God doesn't always heal you. Having a strong faith in God doesn't always put your family back together. Having a strong faith doesn't always pay the bills. But what a strong faith in God will do, it will give you hope for tomorrow. Having a strong faith in God will allow you to smile in the midst of your storm. Having a strong faith in God will allow you to say, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. And brothers and sisters, what you have to understand, while life may not be the way that you want to, it to be, but you've got to focus on God and you've got to count your blessings. Now, I know this sounds like a cliche. I know some of you uh, probably hear televangelists say this all the time, but what, what I'm going to be honest to you is that when I went and was going through my storm, I started to thank God for the little things. I said, Lord, may have vomited three times today, but praise God, it was only three times. Thank you. Lord, cancer may be all in my body, but thank God my wife doesn't have cancer. Lord, I, I don't know what's going to happen five years from now. I don't know if I'm going to be alive next year, but I'm alive today. Thank you. And brothers and sisters, when you go through the storm, there is something you can praise God about. And every day you have life, you need to say thank you. Thank you for my house. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my spouse. Thank you, Lord. You have been good to me. I know life is not the way you want it to be, brothers and sisters. But there is something you can praise God about. And I really want to thank my wife. Oh... She is a woman of faith and strength. I, I don't know if I would have been able to survive this storm without God and her in my life. When we got the diagnosis, my wife, of course, it was difficult at first, but my wife, she, she cleaned out the closet. Cleaned out the closet. I don't understand why she did that. And I saw that she got herself a rug and she placed it in that closet. And, and I remember waking up one morning, seeing her up four in the morning praying. And here it was that every day, this great woman of God, she would get down on her knees. And when the preacher lost his faith, this great woman of God, she began to pray for me. But not only did she pray for me, but she set her alarm clock every two hours that every time that alarm went off, she would say a prayer for me. This great woman of God, after having worship and praying for me early in the morning, five something in the morning, she would go downstairs and she would juice vegetables just for me. This woman who, who worked 
full-time job. She had four offices that she would go to just to treat patients. But she would then, after juicing these vegetables, she would boil up some tea of red clover and moringa and all types of stuff. And after doing this tea, then she would make breakfast for me. And after making breakfast, this great woman of God, a full-time worker, she would cook dinner in the morning and she would say, honey, your breakfast is here and your dinner is here that you could have later. And if that was not enough, she would come home and, and when I did not have enough strength, she would help the children with their homework. And this was a woman who worked full-time, took care of me full-time, and was still in school full-time working on a doctoral degree. I told you she just graduated a few months ago, and I just want to thank you for your faithfulness, Shelley. I just want to thank you. Brothers and sisters, what you have to understand is that there were other individuals who helped me along the way. I really do want to thank the head elder of this church. Jason Tracy because one of the things I my wife didn't agree with she wanted me to tell the church three years ago but I, I said you know what I don't want anybody's sympathy I don't want anybody's pity I don't want people to remind me what I'm going through I'm gonna fight my way through this but I did tell the head elder of this church, Jason Tracy, and, and this great man of God, every day he would pray for me, every, through every treatment he would pray for me, uh, through all of the surgeries he would pray for me, and he would always encourage me, and the God used him that he always knew what to say to encourage me during this difficult season. And I pray for Elder Tracy all of the time because he again kept my secret safe. But brothers and sisters, God is a God who will help you in your midnight hour. My children, we kept it a secret for them. And do you know it was this past Monday that we told Lauren and LJ about the diagnosis. But what was very interesting, when I was going through it all whenever I had bad days LJ my son he didn't know what I was going through this little guy who's very talkative when he would see me laying in the bed he would come into the room he wouldn't say a thing he would climb up on the bed he would hug me he would kiss me on my forehead and he would tell me he loves me what you've got to understand, when you go through the storm, sometimes God will send a child to remind you that he loves you. When you go through the storms of life, sometimes God will use a song to encourage you and tell you that he cares. Sometimes he'll use the kindness of strangers or friends and family members to help you through it all. And so this is my story Eight different doctors, specialists I had to see, seven different biopsies. Within two and a half years, I had over 80 doctor visits. 
with all the scans, the CAT scans, the MRIs, the PT scans, the ultrasounds, it was 22 scans. Five surgeries, nine incisions in my body. And when I, I went through the chemo and the radiation, when they did the scan, they said, Mr. Newton, there's no change. I was set to have surgery in, in, in February of 2020, but I got sick. I got so sick that, that, that I could not have surgery, and, and they pushed back the surgery. And, and my wife and I decided that we were going to try to do some homeopathic remedies. And, 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 and one month turned into two, three months. And, and after three months of waiting, they did another scan, and they said, Mr. Newton, the tumors have shrunk a little. After a few months passed, they, they said, Mr. Newton, the tumor is shrinking even more. After a few more months, they said, Mr. Newton, we don't even see some of the tumors. The major tumor that they were concerned about finally shrunk 50%. They could not find any of the cancer in my lymph nodes. I went through multiple surgeries and praise God I'm standing here before you telling you that I'm cancer free. Brothers and sisters, God is a healer. God is a way maker. God is a God who specializes in miracles. And if he could take away my cancer, he could take away your problems. If he could heal me of my sickness, he could heal you. If he could put your body back, my body back together, he could put your body back together. God is a God who loves you and he can get you through your storm. So I don't know who I'm talking to today. You're going through it. It doesn't seem like there's any end in sight. You're struggling. You're struggling. But I'm here to tell you, you've got to fight through that storm. It hurts more to give up than it does to fight. You've got to hold on to your faith. God is going to get you through. Take your eyes off of the storm and, and put them on Jesus. Thing that I love about this ordeal, while it was the worst experience that I ever had, like Job said in Job chapter 42, verse 5, before I heard you, but now I see you. And when you go through the fire, you'll get a clearer picture of Jesus. See, see, I, I like what one author, C.S. Lewis, says that, that in prosperity, God whispers to us, but in adversity, God yells out our name. And God loves you through it all, but you've got to hold on to your faith. Don't give up. Don't give in. But you've got to allow the Spirit of God to work his work in your life today two simple appeals today two simple appeals today you've heard 
the word of the Lord it took everything in me not to, to cry and break down but you've heard the word of the Lord today and it is your desire to walk ever so much closely to the Lord and you're just asking preacher pray for me pray for me that I could take my eyes off of the mess that's in my life and I could just focus it on God that I won't look at my problems I won't look at my sins I won't look at the distractions of this world but pray for me that I could focus it on God that's your desire today I'm just asking that you stand to your feet for special prayer we serve a God who can give us the strength to make it in our difficult ordeal second appeal second appeal is to that individual maybe you were blessed by the story maybe you were blessed by the the special music maybe God has been speaking to you all throughout this week and and you know that you need to make your calling and election sure you need to either be baptized for the first time or you need to be re-baptized that's your desire today to either be baptized or rebaptized today. I'm just asking that you raise your hand. God is calling you. God is calling you. God is calling you. Maybe you're watching us online and you want to respond to the appeal. All you simply have to do is text the word baptism to the number on the screen. We will get in contact with you. We will prepare you for the next baptism that we will have it's time for us to get it right it's time to, for us to get it right see God is a God who will give you everything you need to get through what you're going through it's funny that when I was going through my storm my wife and I we, we bought a house and, and one of the reasons why we bought it is because it had many different things it had mango trees, it had a coconut tree, it had all these different types of fruit trees. But one of the things that we loved is that we didn't know it at the time, but we would need these fruit. It had a soursap tree, it had a moringa tree. And all throughout this experience, we would, we would draw from the soursap tree and the moringa tree. And do you know that when I had my last surgery, this is a true story, when I had my last surgery and they removed this cancer out of my body, for some strange reason, the soursap tree and the moringa tree died. It died as if to say, God is always gonna give you what you need when you need it. And whatever you're going through, he's gonna give you what you need doesn't mean that life is going to be easy but he'll give you the strength to make it through so what is your situation today maybe there's someone who's struggling with their diagnosis maybe there's someone who's struggling with depression maybe maybe you were abused growing up and 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 that sexual abuse or physical abuse still has wounds that are open and and it's hard for you to make it but but God is a God who can heal your broken heart God is a God who can get you through your situation but you got to focus in on him second appeal is to that individual 
who wants to be baptized, please respond to the appeal. Please text us. Please talk to me after service. It's time for us to get it right. Heavenly Father, Lord, we want to thank you for being a God who specializes in stilling storms. Lord, we know that your timing is not like our timing. And in that story, you brought peace to the storm when you were ready to bring peace. When it came to the story of Lazarus, you, when it was your time, you went to Lazarus when you thought the time was right. And so help us to understand that you do with everything well. That in due season, you will help us and still our raging storm to that individual who wants to give up, to that individual who wants to throw in the towel, give them the strength they need to carry on. Help them to understand that you're right there with them and that you'll give them whatever they need to make it. So Father, when that great day comes and you will return with all of your glory, help us to be saved in your kingdom. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated.